Well, as Ontario slowly opens the door to reopening the economy today, the only thing we hear when it comes to reopening the economy and doing it safely is testing. We got to have enough testing, adequate testing. And of course, we hear a lot about contact tracing. Well, Alberta has become the first province in Canada to go ahead with digital contact tracing. The province and Alberta Health Services have launched a voluntary smartphone application that will utilize Bluetooth technology to identify contacts of a confirmed COVID-19 case. And with more on this, let's welcome in our tech expert, Adam Oldfield, who joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Adam, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. All right, this is called uh, AB, obviously for Alberta, AB Trace Together. Uh, How does this app exactly work, Adam? Well, they're using the same technology that many companies have integrated, especially in Singapore, Australia, and even in Europe, which, by the way, we'll come to in a minute why it's not rolling out yet there. Uh, The software uses Bluetooth, as all of our phones come with Bluetooth 2.0, if it was a fairly recent phone, or Bluetooth 1.0. When you download the app voluntarily, uh, you connect and give it permissions that it allows to track your location, your information. And if someone similar has the same app, then within three meters they'll be able to trace or connect and link that this phone was able to be close to the other phone and it will then register in the case that the individual one of those individuals comes in contact or comes down with COVID-19 it would then send out a notice that they would contact individuals that were nearby that that phone uh, sequence and and notify them that they may have been in contact with someone with COVID-19. So in principle, this is a great system that allows us to keep aware of those that we may not know or be aware of those that if we're in a grocery line or in a store or in public, it will give us that that trust of knowledge that we're being safely guarded. However, practically, this has got to be horrible. And I love technology, Jeff. This one just gives me the heebie-jeebies and hairs on the back of my neck standing up. Well, how does the app, how does it know if you've tested positive for COVID-19? Is it because this is a voluntary app or program or people voluntarily opening up their health files, their health records uh, to the makers of this app? Or are they simply uh, acknowledging or telling uh, the app when they sign up whether or not they're COVID positive or negative? Well, the way it would work is when you sign in and you give your permissions that you are accepting the terms and conditions of the information on your phone to be shared with others. If you did happen to come down with the virus and you contact your uh, medical authority and the doctor says, we diagnose you, have they done a test and they've stated that you have come into contact with COVID, then what they do is they register this and say, you, if you have the app downloaded at the time, they would then use that information and it would then trigger in an encrypted database on a server where it's being held uh, individuals would then be notified that we're in contact with you. So it's, it's in a place, it is being held in the cloud. So let's go over a few issues with this process. Number one, it is voluntary. So that's up to you as the individual to download the app and accept the terms and conditions. Number two, it's using Bluetooth. With all due respect, Jeff, Bluetooth is a very old technology. As an example, uh, humans, which are 80% water-based, uh, it doesn't tra- transfer through humans very well. Bluetooth does not 
like water. It doesn't work very well. So using that as an example, if someone's got their phone in their pocket, even though they may have the app on, it may not be actually registering the phone connection. So it's not 100%, hey, we all downloaded the app. Great. We all now can be notified if there's a case of us being in contact of COVID-19. And finally, the third component that is a concern, which is how do they notify and they get access to this information, it's almost like an alarm system that more or less would be able to contact those that had registered near you. And let's be clear, we haven't had a great history of our servers or cloud-based data, encrypted or not, being hacked. So we haven't really overcome the what data and information are we sharing, where is it being stored? They're claiming it's being deleted every 21 days, information is being removed, and then that sort of defeats the purpose in some capacity as to where and what uh, people are being in contact with this uh, with, with COVID and who is using this app. Well, that was my next question for you, Adam, is just how big of a concern is this when it comes to somebody, an individual's privacy? Because we are talking about some sensitive information here, both from a health perspective and as well, I have to believe this app is tracking everywhere you go. So also your location. Absolutely. It works very similar to the way Facebook worked and Google Maps. It's using a a, a trace locator as we travel and move around. It's within uh, so many meters. I think it's within a a proximity of about 50 meters of of accuracy when it's tracking where where you're located. So the information that's being transferred, though, is only the EMI number. It's like a a Bluetooth number, actually. It's not your EMI number. It's it's a, a registered unique code for every Bluetooth that is set up. So when your Bluetooth is, is connected. It, it, it sets up a unique code, and that's the information that it's tracking. But it's identifying specifically the make and model of the phone. Uh, you know, as an example, if you share a phone with someone, you may be misleading the information because it's tracking specifically that phone. Uh, and if the person is diagnosed with COVID, it would then be registered into the account, and then that's how they would notify the others. So, uh, as far as the ability and the technology, it like I said, it works in principle. It's got the right merits as to how it could work. But a good example of why I think it's a little early to roll this out is if you take a look at what's going on in Europe right now, in Paris, uh, Germany, they're really sticky on what it comes down to privacy, about the privacy, the protection, and they're they're almost there. They haven't perfected that software that came out of Singapore that Alberta is using right now. But soon, I believe the technology will be capable of uh, of providing uh, effective privacy and giving us that protection we need at the same time, giving us the knowledge and awareness if we have come into contact with someone with COVID. Okay. What would you say to those that are, listen, Adam, that's all well and good. And we're concerned about privacy. And I hear your concerns about developing the technology, but the concern right now, the paramount concern is our health and the population's health. So we have to set those other concerns aside right now and contact tracing. We've seen in some other jurisdictions, some other countries, they point to it as a key along, of course, with testing and plenty of it is the reason why they've been able to flatten the curve and keep it there. Absolutely. I think to a, to a degree it has had, it does have merits of, of why it would be safe. And if someone wants to say, and if you're asking me and listeners are saying, well, should we get it? And if Ontario adapts this same software and says that we're willing to jump into this and does it make a better environment? And would we be able to get out more often and open up Ontario for economy and events and getting us, I'll call it normal, I don't know what's normal anymore, but if we could get back to a lifestyle of, of interacting as a society and, and openness, yes, I think it does 
is uh, for what fear you be giving and what information you be sharing. My biggest concern is the long term of this. And and what would this mean for bigger uh, circumstances? If this is just the start of we're doing this for COVID-19, but then when does it get where does it end there? What other information is it going to be uh, utilized and how? And more concerning for me is how can this information come back against us? Uh, we've seen that with simple things like Zoom and uh, accounts getting hacked and Zoom bombed and everything else. I, I'm sort of blowing this out of proportion when it comes technology, but it is something to be aware of. Is the protection of the encrypted data that's being stored, is it truly being safe? Are we as a society feeling we're being safe and helping each other, but at the same time, what are we sacrificing and what information is being uploaded to a cloud and who's got access to that? Yeah. And is there a concern as well that this is really going to change how we all interact with one another going forward? Because we've already seen that with this pandemic and with COVID. I mean, the limited times I've been out, Adam, to get some essentials, get some groceries. You go to a grocery store, people are looking at you. You're looking at them. You're trying to keep your distance. You're wondering, did they have it? Have they had it? I mean, now all of a sudden, if your phone goes off and you're in a store that somebody in that store has tested positive uh, for COVID, all of a sudden everybody's kind of running for cover and it really kind of changes the nature of human interaction or has the possibility of doing so. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And also, you know, what kind of a, a fear does this does this create? And I think the idea is that if you've come into contact with COVID, or if you haven't, for that matter, if you do get this notification, uh, we're going to require, as you started the show, more testing. This is going to be an ongoing element. You know, there will never, at this stage, uh, until we understand that COVID has been eradicated, it will constantly require COVID notice uh, awareness. Uh, please notify your, your health authority you may need to be tested. Okay, how many times are you going to receive that notice <laughs> as it continues to grow? And do we have the, uh, the system in place to be able to handle all of the extra testing? If you've been tested Monday, but then it notified you you came into contact on Thursday, that means you have to go back and have another test. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, again, this is a great method to help keep us aware, but have we figured out the uh, long-term effects of all the notifications that are going to be coming out on everyone? Some very good, some very important questions. Our tech expert, Adam Oldfield, with us this afternoon. Adam, thanks as always. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Be safe. Thanks, Jeff. You as well. Stay healthy, my friend.